0: Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics.
1: Here's your host, Todd Citron.
0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.
2: Lord, we thank you for this beautiful day you've given us. We thank you for this time with, with old friends, and we just um, we ask you to uh, give us this, this special time to glorify your name. We uh, ask you to, to, to bless Todd Citron and his ministry that he's taken on in doing this, and my my good friend Mike Gibbons and his uh, grandchild getting ready to uh, be born in the next several months. And uh, I just ask you to please bless both these guys, and, and uh, we
0: just ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. You're listening to Cajun Catholics. I'm your host, Todd Citron. I will first introduce our co-host today. Uh, a good friend to both of us, Mr. Michael Gibbons. Welcome to the show, Mike.
1: Glad to be here.
0: All right, and today's guest is Mr. Mike Monclan. Uh Needs no introduction, many in Acadiana know Mike, and uh, real happy and proud and, uh, to have Mike on the show. Welcome to the show.
2: Thank you, Todd. I know you, you asked me almost a year ago to be on this
0: show, and I, I know knowing your other guest, i'm not worthy to be on oh, this show. Oh shoot
2: you know uh, <laughs>
0: our good friend father schumacher i had to do a little nudging and uh, i'm glad he did and i know you're going to do a great job today people want to hear your story so tell us just from the beginning tell us a little bit about yourself well um born to very um
2: religious uh, family you know i was blessed to uh, my, my mom and dad uh raised me Catholic. My mom actually grew up Baptist, uh, um, converted to Catholicism uh, when, when they got married. And uh, so I pretty much finished you know high school uh, with you know, praying parents and uh, just a, a great atmosphere to, to grow up in. And uh, my mom and dad got divorced though in, uh, my, about my senior year of high school. And after that, my mom went back to her Baptist faith. So my, my youngest brother, Matt, actually uh, did not um you know get a confirmation or or become catholic so he is he's kind of a non-denominational um but certainly a christian and uh but yeah i I always grew up with uh faithful parents faithful grandparents and very blessed to have generations of uh, of prayers
0: now mike and you mike and mike we got the mike and mike show uh i think both went to fatima right uh is that right well you know
2: uh we, we both started off before that we, we were both public school kids i mean i went to woodvale okay and then i went to Alamo. and uh mike and i were uh woodvale and Alamo together Cub scouts uh little league sports and then in the seventh grade i went to fatima and then he came the next year eighth grade and then we you know were both at freshmen at fatima uh, before saint thomas more opened. so stm opened our sophomore year and we we you know, went to STM together, and then UL together, and then Sigma Nu fraternity together. So we've been... Uh,
0: Y'all are thickest
2: things. Oh, yeah, we are, we are nursery school buddies.
1: <laughs> yeah, it started all the way back at uh, Fisher Nursery yeah. School, right? That's right? Oh, my.
0: That's right. The Christmas tree place. Yeah.
1: Well, no, when we went, it was back in their house. Oh, okay. Which okay. was uh, Antigua, one of those streets. Right.
0: Back all in from right. Doug so Mike and I are both Holy Cross, Mike Monclon and I, I think, Holy Cross parishioners. And I, I have seen Mike over the years uh, be a Eucharistic minister. And, and that doesn't just happen. I think you got to have a little bit of, of a devotion to the Eucharist or some nudging to, to, to step forward in your faith and do that. How did you get involved in, with ministering?
2: Well, um, first of all, I'm a parishioner of cathedral. Okay. And, I, and I switched to cathedral when my daughter got into cathedral in you know, kindergarten. So, uh, But I was was at Holy Cross before that, and I was a Eucharist minister, so I just remained. I I, I haven't stopped being a Eucharist minister. I'm still on their their role, but I am actually a a member of St. John Parish. Um, But, yeah, you know, it's funny. um, I just feel like you have to listen to God's voice. And um, it goes back to 1996, and a lot of my friends were married, including the Gibb. A lot of my friends were starting to have kids. And I was still looking for my soulmate, and I'd always pray for that soulmate, and, and I had a hard time finding it, I was, and I was probably doing it in the wrong places. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's, um, it's funny. I was at a weekday Mass, and it was upcoming. Lent was upcoming, and it was Father Bob Angel at the um, 7 a.m. Mass at St. Mary's, and he just mentioned at the end of Mass that— uh, Lent was starting, and that they were sharp Eucharistic ministers, and I had just got finished praying for my soulmate, and he directly after Mass says, we're looking for Eucharistic ministers, because the voice I always heard was, do something for me, and I'm asking, I'm asking, but I'd hear this voice do something for me, and I never would do anything about it, and so when he said that after Mass, it was kind of like a punch in the nose, I said, okay. That's God telling me I need to do something for him. So I went and I signed up, and I did it there at St. Mary's for several years until we moved into the Holy Cross area, and then I signed up at Holy Cross. And I even do it at Cathedral at noon mass sometimes as, as a stand-in or a fill-in because uh, sometimes they're short there.
0: But yeah I, I enjoy it that's awesome that's awesome you know i uh, was not a Eucharist, eucharistic minister can't speak uh I, we went on a mission trip with saint thomas More, and um they kind of forced me into action they're like hey we need somebody to do the cup and uh with the wine and i'm like hey i'm not legal i'm not ordained you know i i can't do that goes, oh yeah you're gonna it's mission trip everybody's gonna do that and it touched me you know and i said oh i want that you know and uh for the mike Delcum, my good friend came in my office in shorts and a t shirt one day, and he i don't know what you what the official word is, but he ordained me to be a, a minister and uh, ever since then i'm I'm kind of just a feeling i'm not I'm not as good as you Mike, at doing that weekly commitment uh Mike Gibbons, I know you've known this guy a long time hit him with a question, just stump him with anything
1: you want questions to get him in trouble on the radio yeah let's, on a Christian well, we'll radio go with station that
0: one. yeah give me a funny story
1: well, funny stories if you know. Like you said, Mike and I have been knowing each other all our lives, been best friends, been there for all the events in our lives. Uh, but there are some things. You know, back at, back at Fatima, we'll stay with Fatima. You know, there, there was always the Ternowski fish story. We'll keep it light.
0: Yeah. I want to hear that yeah, story. Yeah,
2: Someone in the class uh, decided to break mm-hmm. into the classroom and somehow killed her fish. <laughs> and we got in a little bit of trouble for it. but I still don't know who did it. It was not mm-hmm.
1: me. Mm-hmm. Good Catholic school yeah, upbringing. The, that's, what, that's what you get when you go to...
0: There will be no confession today. <laughs> Kids doing kid stuff. Yeah. So, Mike, give what? me a sneak peek a little bit about what your prayer life looks like. Uh, has that changed since since being in high school and today? What's that look like? You know, I've, I've always been a prayer guy. You know, um,
2: I've found that, you know, over the last year um, with this job with LOGA, uh, I find myself an hour there and back to Baton Rouge a couple times a week, and it's kind of become my solace time. You know, I I I would like to uh, I used to go to noon mass all the time, and now with my schedule, um, I try to go, but it's not I can't quite get there as easily as as I did. Um, But you know, driving to Baton Rouge and back with that time alone, uh, it's my time to kind of just drift off, and I've got my uh, my worship uh, playlist on my Spotify, and I just plug it into Apple CarPlay and i just kind of listen to my music and uh and do my prayers you know uh I like that. it's a it's a good time for me to just kind of unwind either going there or coming back
0: you know yeah we channel in a little bit you and i because my parents divorced like after my senior year as well and um and you know that's tough it is and uh and it was kind of over a faith thing you know my father was not a catholic and my mother said you're not going to marry me unless you become catholic and uh and he did, and then, but he really wasn't practicing too much. And and my mother kind of pushed him away and said, "Hey, I want somebody to go to church with, you know." And and so they they ultimately got back together, which was more amazing than them splitting up for me, you know. But uh, yeah, it's uh it's something that's with us. And and for me also, my prayer time is definitely in the car, you know, saying my rosary on the way to work and and back. It's uh it's something I have to have in it. Reds, I mean, I'm like when I exercise, that's something that's my prayer time for sure. So uh, do, you, do you read much Bible, or do you have a favorite Bible story or character? Uh, so,
2: you know, my mom's Baptist, so she's a, a you know, big preacher on the, on the Bible. So I, I, I do enjoy the Bible, and, uh, you know, I tell people uh, I've actually bought those year Bibles for some friends of mine, and I've, I've told them um, that it's the greatest book in the all-time bestseller, but very few people have read it, <laughs> cover to cover. You know, and so I uh, tasked myself with that several years ago, and um, it's a year Bible starts January one, so you know I'll kind of take a year off and then go back, and uh, I'll I'll be uh, tackling it again this year. And every every time I read it, it's like I'm reading it for the first time. For sure. And uh, there's just new new things you get out of it, and uh, you know the Old Testament is such a, a history, and it's it's you know the New Testament we hear it every Sunday. You know, but that Old Testament, we don't get that much of it. So when I get to hear that history of it, it's just, it's incredible. You know, Daniel, Job, those books are just, it's just really yeah. fascinating reading those.
0: Have you read Tobit? Tobit's a good book for our listeners. I mean, if you haven't, I, I went to Manresa recently and I, I had read it once before, but it is like the whole Bible in one in one book, you know, it's just awesome. A funny story, you and I were talking about Father Schumacher, and uh, we were at the duck camp with my crazy brother Andy, and uh, Father Schumacher says, Andy, have you been to confession lately? Oh, it's been a long time, you know. He says, well, golly, Uh, he said, tell me about it. He said, well, I I had to get all them sins out. I was sweating, man. That guy was looking at me across the booth, and I'm sweating. And he says, "Uh, yeah, I told him all of my sins. I kind of freaked him out a little bit, and then he said, and Father Shu says, "Well, Andy, did, did he? Uh, what did he give you for your penance?" He says, "He told me to read the Bible twice." <laughs> He's like, "Whoa!" So I don't know. You know, <laughs> it's tough to bite off the Bible once or twice. You know.
2: Yeah. So,
0: well,
2: yeah, the, you know, the um, confession is one that um, you know, being from a raised a little bit by my, my, my mom, who's who's Baptist, is not one of those that I have done as much as I should. And I had a long layover of uh, of not going and uh mm-hmm. i didn't go for a long time and then we i did my my first my, i did my axe retreat i guess in 2019 and it's, it's amazing the feeling that you have mm-hmm. leaving confession it's uh so since then i've, I've you know i've teamed three axe retreats since wow. i went and uh it's been a blessing you know and for for me coming from a faith faithful family and a faithful guy you know it wasn't a um the retreat itself wasn't, you know, earth-shattering for me. Um, it was. It was more like I'm checking a box. I'm hearing God's voice. I need to do more than just go to church, just be a Christian minister. I, I need to do something else. I, I'm hearing it. I'm going, mm-hmm. and I went, and uh, it was good. It was good. But teaming it to give that gift to others that really do need it, it, it was. It was amazing. And uh, I've had the opportunity to, as I said, be on three teams, but I was also the um, the spiritual companion for one of them, along with um, Brett Broussard, was our leader with Rob Burnell and Troy Hebert. and uh, we had an all-star team. And just it was a it was an awesome, awesome
0: experience. Still meeting at the Baptist Center, and we are, yeah, yeah we that, that kind yeah. of strange how all of us Catholics meet at the Baptist. Center? Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> it's it's actually a, a, a
2: very well put together for what we do in an action treat. I'm not sure if you've made one, but it's uh, nice. it's
0: actually yeah, it's it's it works out pretty well the way it's built. Yeah, right there in Richard, right? And uh, our little Cajun saint is working on sainthood right there next door. You know, I remember going like, wow, are we going to go see her grave? We never did. I was kind of bummed her. They ought to make that a, a pilgrimage thing for the Axe Retreat, for sure. So I want to remind our listeners, you're listening to Cajun Catholics. Today's guest is Mr. Mike Monclon. He is the president of the Louisiana Oil and Gas Association, and he's got a couple other titles with Monclon Companies and, and Drill Tech. Tech. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, very
2: involved. Yeah, so you know, we have family business, uh, third generation in the workover rig business. My grandfather started Pelican Well Service in 1956. My dad started Monclo Well Service in '84, and then we ended up selling our family business in uh, 2007. And we went to work for the company that bought us for a couple years, and uh, things didn't work out. We ended up buying some of our our rigs back from them in 2010 and started over. Uh, my two brothers and my my younger uncle, you know, in South Louisiana, Cajun Catholics, you get uh, mm-hmm. younger uncles. So uh, we uh, we ended up starting over in 2010, and uh, on a fast track, we were doing great. And then 2015 hit, or, you know, end of, four, end of 14, but really 15 is when the price of oil just really crashed down. And, uh, you know, for a seven-year period, it has been a difficult, difficult time. Yeah. So. You know, during that time period, uh, one of my, my my brothers went to work for someone else and kind of came off of our payroll to help our business survive. And over a uh, Christmas party for Lord's Foundation, um, Patrick Colleen asked me to if I'd be interested in going to work for him you know, on on marketing side, like my brother Matt had done. And I said, I said, man, you know. Uh, let me, let me think about it. You know, how much can you pay me? You know? <laughs> so yeah, so, uh, so any, anyway, we, we worked out a deal, and I went to work for him. And um, shortly after hiring me, I was guess I was working for about two months, COVID hit. And uh, Patrick's too good of a friend. And I walked over to him. I said, hey, listen, if I need to go back to Monclaw, I can. And uh, he says, no. He says, um, I think you're doing some great things. Uh, I'll, I'll, we definitely want to keep this. This is going to be temporary. He mm-hmm. goes, but. He goes, we are cutting people's pay, and I need to cut your pay. And I said, hey, not a problem. We're cutting pay at Montclair, too. We all got to survive this. Don't worry about cutting my pay. And he said, look, I'm going to get it back to you as soon as I can. I said, don't worry about it. We're good. And uh, shortly after that, Gifford Briggs resigned at LOGA. And I was on the executive committee at LOGA, and, and I mentioned, opened my big mouth over a <laughs> over a conference call that there was no reason to, you know, knee-jerk react and hire someone on the, on the quick that uh, I could probably run it from Lafayette and get, get my feet out you know, under me and see see, you know, if I can handle it. And um, they took me up on it. Um, so I went to Patrick, and I said, listen, I'm taking this job at Loga, and I appreciate you letting me do it, uh, and they're going to pay me. So when things get better, I don't want my money back. I'd rather you just let me work these two jobs. And he said, that's great. And It actually works out good for drill tech, too. We get you cheap. And uh, your name will be out there getting recognized at LOGA, and that will help my business. So uh,
0: it's been good. I've enjoyed it. So I love the conversation because uh, we live in the oil patch, and we have gone through many hard times in our lives. Uh, and so being a strong Cajun community, uh, how has your faith, and do you think the faith has gotten the others in the oil field through, through all this?
2: Oh, look, man, um, I tell people all the time, uh, I'm sure you've seen that poem with the footprints in the sand. And huh, I've been on God's back for seven years.
0: Uh,
2: it, it was a very, very difficult time. And, uh, you know, you look back at your life and those two sets of footprints you're walking and then there's one and you say, God, where were you in those tough times? He says, that's when you were on my back. And uh, I tell you, it's uh, that's I, I've been through those, whether it was, you know, the divorce or trying to find my soulmate or, you know, trying to have a child, which we had difficulties doing, Um you know, are, are these downturns that we face in the oil field. So I've been on God's back for, for many, many occasions, and uh, I think a lot of people in the oil field have uh, have ridden that back as well.
0: Talk about, for sure. Now, I knew all you Kujans cool in, in high school, and, I, and Mike, you're have to chime in here. How the heck did all these guys end up in, have, being faith-filled and God-loving? God, you Because know, I tell you, I didn't see it in high school. And I, I wasn't, hey, I'm right there with them. I was a Kujan cool in high school too, you know. How did that? What do you think? I I mean, I've seen Mike in daily mass uh, during Lent many, many times, Mike Gibbons. And uh, we all have had our moments, you know, but I think as we get older, we start getting closer to the Lord.
1: We do. and, And I think, like you said, it's the upbringing down here in South Louisiana, our parents. My mother went to Fatima her whole life. My father went to Catholic High in Baton Rouge. So growing up with Mike and seeing him switch to Fatima... I can't remember if my mom told me, or I think I might have told him, and said, hey, what's up with the switch? And she said, Fatima, and that'd be lovely. And, you know, it it all it all worked out in the, in, in the long run that we have a strong faith, but I think it's just growing up with the families we do down here and making retreats back in high school and having those moments touch you way back then. And then along the road, like Mike says, you're always looking for the answers. You find yourself talking to someone, and I've, I've had that talk with my sons. I'm like, you know, you need to go to mass. No, I'm not perfect. I don't make every Sunday. You know, it's something I need to work with. But I look at him and I told Trey one time I said, I know you're, you have questions and you talk to somebody. You're asking somebody to help you through moments. And who are you talking to? Not just a voice in your head. There's somebody out there that we all look for the answers from. So, you know, as you grow older and you, you grow wiser and you, one, have kids and try to teach the right thing to them, you know, I think you need that person and that's, that's God and you, you have to do the right thing. And, hopefully everybody follows him
0: so mr mike monclaw i know you love sports and you love politics <laughs> and uh we're going to touch a little bit on the politics because i guess in this environment we're in with COVID and um and restrictions and i've mentioned this on a previous show that i don't agree uh with them trying to mandate down to our employees you know that, that, that they should have to be vaccinated and whatnot but i'm sure you have strong opinions and as the representative for logo tell us a little bit and balancing that with being a catholic
2: yeah, you know, uh, I've had vaccines my whole life, you know, but the difference is is this is more of a, of like a flu shot, you know. Uh, you know, when you take the smallpox vaccine or the polio, I mean, all those vaccines you got when you were young, you never get those things. And so, to me, this was just named wrong. It, it should have been called the, you know, the, the COVID shot, mm-hmm. just like a flu shot, because we're going to continue to have to take this shot, it seems. Um you know, my, my wife has some autoimmune issues that uh, we've prayed for for many years. Um, nothing life-threatening, but just, you know, aggravating stuff. Um, she was a little hesitant taking it because of, uh, what you know, her autoimmune stuff, and she, you know, ended up taking it, but she, she did have some side effects. Um, my daughter, who's 17 years old, has not taken it, and my wife is not ready for her to take it yet. So I, I think it's just a personal thing for For everybody uh, that they have to make that choice on their own Um, like I said I've taken it I haven't I took the first two Pfizer and then I haven't had a booster yet but I'm sure that's coming you know
0: yeah Yeah. I feel like you do for sure Uh, but it has become so so political and um, so divisive in our community here in South Louisiana I know people that I go to Mass with you know and my my spiritual group were very divided over over the issue what i want to ask you and i know we're all in lockstep on this one you know uh the and and me being in the and us mike and i being in the car business you know everybody wants to talk about electric everything electric this electric that and we can't you know i'm in south louisiana i love oil i'm a fossil fuel kind of guy and I, i don't see that going away you know but what do you see for the future of our industry in south louisiana as we move towards the green stuff well future of South
2: Louisiana, that's a, a whole different question um, than, than, the, than the original question there. As far as fossil fuels, they're not going anywhere. Um, you cannot make a Tesla without fossil fuels. Mm-hmm. You might be able to, you know, um, in somewhere in California, use a solar panel to, to charge that Tesla. But most places in the United States, when you charge that Tesla, it's being charged by coal, mm-hmm. it's being charged by uh, natural gas, and uh, and again, if there's no drilling, this is what the people don't understand that, I'm, and I'm trying to, you know, push this every time I speak to someone uh, for Loga is the byproduct side of the oil and gas business. People do not understand, and if there's no drilling in 30 years, that means there's no oil, and if there's no oil, there's no plastic. There's no mascara. There's no yoga pants. There's no (laughs) glasses. There's no phones. There's no dashboard in the car. There's no tires. There's no asphalt roads. There's no. I mean, you can go on all day and discuss all the products that come from the drilling of oil and gas. And if there's not, if those don't exist, Mm -hmm. uh, the world we have doesn't exist. Like we're in it right now. It's it's crazy. People don't understand it. And and look, the oil field has done a terrible job promoting itself. I wish they would do a better job at it.
0: That's why you're there. I'm trying. (laughs) 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 And and can we promote our Catholic faith and the oil industry at the same time? I know we can.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, a few years ago, I decided to put you know at the bottom of my emails, you know, um, the Joshua quote after me in my house: "We will serve the Lord." Nice. And so when I have an email that goes out from Montlaw, it's on there. I haven't done that at, at Loga yet. I need
0: to add that. Yeah, but absolutely. Just yeah, yeah. uh, get I, it gone. On my
2: Montlaw emails, it's on there because I own that company and I can, <laughs> I can do what I
0: want. What's, um, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm always, like you said, the Bible is different every time you read it. And, and I read a little bit and pick up little bits here and there. But give me something in the last weeks or months about your faith, about your Catholic faith that you've learned or that you're excited about that intrigues you pick up anything lately? Uh,
2: not off the top of my head on, on reading or anything. You know, just I'm grateful.
0: How of, old are of, your kids?
2: I have, I have only daughter and she's 17. And that's, okay. that, that's the story I was going to go to. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so grateful for Father Chester and Father Schumacher, KIA, and everything that goes on at Cathedral and now at STM and just to continue to have shoe there. But that, that base that they got at Cathedral that my daughter got I mean, the other day, I walked into my daughter's room to ask her something. It was night. It was almost time to go to bed. And I kind of knocked a couple times and opened the door. And she was on her knees. Mm -hmm. And Father Shute, you know, taught him knees at night, knees at night. And she's 17 years old.
0: That's awesome, huh?
2: And when you walk in and see that, it's just, uh,
0: man, Mm -hmm. it touches you. I'm telling you. Is she a Eucharist, Eucharistic minister yet? No, no. Not yet. You know, <laughs> that, that can happen. My my daughter, I was so proud of her. She came home one day, and and she told me that she had, you know, like her senior year, they had asked him. I was like, oh, man, I was so excited about that. That's good stuff. What you think,
1: Gibby? Well, the story from Millie, uh, kneeling, praying, needs to go all the way back to the beginning of Millie's existence because Mike and Kathy, like you said, had a tough time mm-hmm. having a child. And so I know his spiritual faith, talking to talking to the Lord, yeah. had to get him through a long time of them wanting a child and to bring a child into this world. So, you know, she's a she's a special child on her own with Mike's faith and all of that.
0: All right, Mike, we love a Cajun love story. And you mentioned you prayed hard to get your spouse. So how did y'all meet? Well, she was actually um, a little sister of uh, a guy that we graduated with,
2: Eric Saunier, um, married her, uh, her older sister, Cynthia. And I had always thought she was really pretty and I, I told cynthia and eric all the time hey um you need to set me up with your little sister but she was always dating somebody and then one night um scott Giat made me go out on crutches when i didn't want to go out <laughs> and she happened to be out that night and she was freshly single and we, <laughs>
0: we, we never had another date after that i like that you know, we could do some sub shows on freshly single and younger uncles. You know, I'm loving this these <laughs> themes, these Cajun Catholic themes, and you know, and he says them and they roll off his tongue. But and I understand that's the funny part. I get it. Like I hear what he's saying. That's good stuff. So, all right, Mike, just a few, just a couple of minutes left on this show. But um, you know, have you thought about like what your legacy? What do you want your legacy to be? Whether it be with your faith or your job? Well, you know, I think as uh,
2: as the priest of our house. Um, that's what we are as uh, as husbands. Uh, you know, our job is to um, get our wives, our spouses, uh, and our children to heaven. And if we fail at that, we failed at everything. So, you know, uh, I've been praying for Millie's husband for several years, and uh, don't even know his name yet. Don't even know who he is, but just praying for his well-being, that he makes the right decisions, and and for his for his health. You know, um, we we just need to really stay on our children to make sure they find a godly man Uh, there's nothing more important than our children not losing that faith so you know i am i constantly push millie to to make sure she marries a godly man the right kind of guy you know so you know part of me being a eucharistic minister yeah i want to serve god i want I, i do want that that's part of it but the other thing is i want my daughter to see a dad that's not afraid to do that. Get up there on stage, and, and I want her to see a godly man, so that she'll find the same. Because they say daughters marry guys like their dad. So,
0: I love that. I got Millie times three at my house. I got three of them girls. I've been praying for a long time for their spouses too. Uh, again, uh, handling the Eucharist. Tell me just briefly. Uh, how do you know Jesus is truly present in that Eucharist? T- tell somebody who would not be a Catholic.
2: Uh it's it's just um you know when I just look at the history of of the of the New Testament when you know when Jesus gave it at the Last Supper and then he passed that on to the disciples it's it's just that in my mind that's that's
0: where it comes from and it's it's scriptural it's the gospel well thank you so much for being on the show today we've blown through thirty minutes and Mike thank you for co hosting. Uh, you guys are a blessing to me and to Acadiana and to our families, and uh, I'll be praying for you guys. Uh, again, uh, you've been listening to Cajun Catholics. We feature outstanding Catholics from all over Acadiana, uh, going to continue to follow Mike in his career, and uh, I wish him nothing but the best. Uh, again, we, in, uh, we invite you and challenge you to engage the Cajun Catholic in, in you, and until next time, God bless.